Hey there, thoughtful listener. What is your number one lead generation blocker? Head to upmyinfluence.com slash quiz to find out right now. That's upmyinfluence.com slash quiz, and I'll share why you aren't getting the intros and sales you deserve. We're also actively seeking guests for this daily commercial-free entrepreneur wisdom podcast. Agency owners, consultants, coaches, and B2B service providers, head to upmyinfluence.com slash guest, and I'd love to promote your expertise to our amazing audience. Let's get on with the show. With us right now, it's Thomas Watkins. Thomas, you are the principal and founder of Three Leaf. You're found on the web at threeleaf.consulting. Thomas, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. All right. Give us an overview. What is Three Leaf? So Three Leaf is helping businesses achieve their dreams with design psychology. And so specifically, we're talking about tech businesses, people who are trying to come up with the next big tech thing or some innovative idea. They've got years of experience in their area and they've got an idea. They want to put it out there and they need a designer to help it resonate with users. That's where I come in. That's where me and my team help you figure out how do you fill that gap and make it so it manifests into the reality that you want. Yeah. Well, why is that important? Why do we need good design? (laughs) Well, the thing is, we interact with the technological world all the time with everything we do, with whether we're ordering food or figuring out where to go next. And when we're doing that, that technology, that app has to be designed so that you can think about the task that you're actually doing and the technology itself fades into the background. And that requires understanding how people operate and how we function. And, you know, kind of achieving those dreams, uh, being successful with that great idea, you really want to be able to close those gaps because the difference between a app that's awesome and one that you don't use again is really, is it really coming together? When I use this, is, am I more so noticing the problems with the app or do I just kind of fall in and I'm just doing what I'm trying to do? Yeah. You know, the thing, um, you know, I I like that, um, Thomas, your approach is, is there's, well, let me just ask you this question. I I love Mm -hmm. your approach. I love, you know, kind of this, you know, psychological, you know, more of a scientific method, but you know, when we're talking about design, right, I think it's Mm -hmm. really easy to say, well, design is art. Well, design is also science, right? So can you talk about the difference between art and science when it comes to design? Oh, absolutely. I, I could I could say a lot about that. But so basically, it is a mixture of art and science. The art side of it is that you're kind of, uh, you're making it to come together in a way that you're not necessarily following specific rules. There's gonna, you're going to have to depend to some degree on insights and kind of your mind pulling things together of like, okay, I think this is a good uh, direction. The science is you have to be in touch with the reality of what is your user trying to do? Who are they? And that's going to be coming from data that you're gathering somehow. Mm. Um, a lot of it qualitative data. You interview folks and you get an idea of, you know, what are kind of this maybe, um, let's say I'm designing something for people who, 
you know, file insurance claims at work or something like that. Well, I want to know some things about them. I want to know, like, what is what are they used to? What is their kind of education and professional background? Like, who are they? Who are we starting off with as they come to the table? Then what is their day to day life like? Right. How how does a typical day go for them? What are some of the challenges and roadblocks that pop up for them? How is their judge uh, their job judged? Um, you know, what did they consider to be a successful day versus not a successful day? And you want to ground yourself in really the, the reality of who are we building this for? Mm. And then that's kind of where after that you get more of that interplay between the art and the science of stuff. Yeah. So um, you, obviously, so we're talking about user experience and, and your right. background is not in web design. Your background that's is... Right. In psychology, that's right. You've got uh, you've got an, a master's in cognitive science, a, your that's bachelor's right. in psychology. You've got a master's in human factors engineering. Uh, why do, how, talk about those <laughs> qualifications and how that makes you a superhero in the work that you do today? That's right. So I spent years toiling in graduate school basements, uh, <laughs> designing experiments, and collecting and get, gathering data, and. Spending years saying like, okay, well, here's a experiment that someone has to sit down at a computer and they've got to, they've got to do some tasks. They've got to like, you know, um, uh, you know, learn what medications each patient needs after, you know, go, or they have to uh, memorize some nonsense rules to a uh, artificial grammar and then get tested on it. So you're constantly in that line of work, you're making predictions about what people will do. And then you see feedback about what they actually did. You design another experiment and you, you, you predict what they'll do based upon what all the other research set does. And they do it about 80%, but then they do surprising things. So time after time after time of running, you know, kind of embedded in psychology, reading about how, do, what do people do under different circumstances? It kind of brings a, that kind of perspective to it. When you have people from a psychology background like myself going into software design, the interesting thing is, is that in the UX world, you have a bunch of different uh, professional backgrounds of people who enter. Some people enter and they were graphic designers, right? And they are trained on the traditions, methods, and tools around art and image making and topography. And that's what they come into the profession with. Some people come with a computer science background and they're very familiar with that aspect of things. Some people come from anthropology and they're used to, you know, studying people in their own kind of environment in their own kind of world and and those sets of methodologies then when you come from cognitive psychology or something like that then you're kind of more used to you start off used to like kind of the lab environment you know predicting what people are doing these uh, situations so the profession is kind of cool like that is one of those professions where it has a whole bunch of people pouring in from different other areas and they bring with them their own professional and academic philosophical traditions with them that come with all these great tools and techniques that that make the uh, field richer. Yeah. Um, what does it look like when you engage with folks? Like how to like, let's see, someone says, all I know is that, um, you know, we've got this great app idea, but, you know, we're we're engineers. Um, you know, we've got a graphic designer, but, you know, there, there's 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 a gap in there. You know, right. engineers can't just go to a graphic designer and say, right. okay, here's the function that we want, make it pretty, because um, engineers, uh, th- th- there's a difference. Can you kind of explain that? 
Yeah, sure. So the way that comes together is we work with we work with the product owner. So the product owner's job is to know what the product is supposed to do. They say, okay, we're designing an app for people who are um, trying to find, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, help in their area. You know, I don't know groceries or something like that. That's a bad mm -hmm. example. But but you know, but but but, but so but they say. Um, here's the competitors and here's what the competitive space looks like. Here's a gap that we're going to try to fill with our app. This is what our app needs to do to be successful in the marketplace. Then we get the requirements. So the requirements are, this is what the app needs to be able to do. This is what people need to be able to achieve. We fill the gap of saying, okay, let me take that and think about it. Let me do some research. And then we come back to the, uh, to the product owner and we say, okay, here's my first pass at it. I've drawn a series of screens. We think that the user is going to first click on this and then they'll tap that and then they'll see a list of this and then they'll be able to do that. So, okay, that, that comes close. And then, you know, you go kind of this back and forth over the course of days of, or weeks till you get to kind of an idea that feels like it might be right. And then you start going out and testing it. You say, okay, great. We're going to do a click-through prototype where people try to do a task and you sit them down you know, in that stage, you say, okay, uh, this is a shopping website. Uh, sit down and buy a gift for your niece. I say, okay, well, I think I would click on here first. It's okay. Well, why would you click there? Well, I, I think that I'd have to type something here to see a list of things. Okay, go, go ahead and type it. All right. Now I've selected the thing. Um, I guess my items are up here. Okay. What do you think that is? Well, it looks like a shopping cart to me. The shopping carts are, okay, go, go ahead and click it. And you, each step of the way, you're testing what are their expectations? What do they think is coming next? Are they surprised? Are they clicking where you thought they were going to click? How is the experience coming together for them? Then by doing this, the business that you're working for is able to save a lot of money because if you write the wrong code um, and six months later, you've got to rewrite all of this and you've got to do a big overhaul, that costs you know possibly hundreds of thousands of dollars or more versus if you draw the an idea and you vet it and you say, well, you know what, that didn't work. And you rip up that sheet of paper and you draw another one and that one's closer to it. Now you're only spending, you know, maybe hundreds of dollars or so getting it right. And so what a lot of businesses have learned is that when you do that kind of design uh, person embedded in the product lifecycle, then you end up getting to your goals quicker and, and saving a lot of money in the process. Yeah. And, and when you, um, Thomas, when you're working with someone, um, how do you begin that process? Like, how do you, what, what are the questions that you ask them to figure out how you can, um, you know, help create a great outcome? I want to know what are your short-term goals? Because I like to get points on the board as early as possible. I want to know your long-term goals, but what is your product really doing and, and what are you trying to do here? So what I usually tell folks to start off with is, I'd like you to give me an hour, an hour long demo, book an hour, walk me through your product, but in particular, what is it trying to achieve? What are people trying to do with when they um, use your product? And what are the gaps? What are you trying to achieve? And, and the, uh, those kinds of projects are all over the place. Sometimes it is a early entrepreneur saying, 
hey, we've got this uh, product. It's got a few users, you know, um, but we're about to get in front of the investors in six months. And there's these serious problems that we need to solve. And say, like, okay, great. Let's focus on those. And we kind of put together a plan to address those issues. Or it might be what's called a digital transformation. And they say, well, you know, we are a company that does... Um, you know, insurance claims or something like that. And a lot of our processes may be on paper or some of it is digital, but we use Excel, uh, Outlook, and, uh, you know, Box to store files. And we just have this kind of hobbled together process. We really want to save money by just streamlining our internal process and getting it to really work and to really get, uh, resonate with folks. And you say, okay, great. Uh, book. Let's book some time with your current users. We want to kind of sit down and interview them, understand what the challenges are, where the roadblocks, and kind of um, and kind of fix it from there. So it's really all over the case, but it really starts with a company that has some kind of a vision for the future. Either it's a new product that's about to hit the market, or it's an existing legacy product that you have to kind of revamp, or it might be just a digital transformation where you're trying to redesign and rebuild how you operate digitally inside your company and understanding kind of, you know, where you are today, where do you want to get? And then what me and my team bring to the table is here's the tools and methods that are kind of proven to answer the right questions at the right times and to give the right deliverables at the right time. So um, what are, are there any particular, like uh, folks that are listening to this uh, show, this interview right now, this uh, conversation, um, mm-hmm. who needs to get on your website ASAP? Like how would someone know? <laughs> oh yeah. I'll tell you what, if there's anybody in government, CIOs in government, right. <laughs> please, <laughs> please work on your UX. Government is just notorious uh, for oh, having yeah. just awful, awful, oh, just yeah. designed by engineer. I mean, just, Terrible, terrible. Nothing against engineers, but yeah, no, you know, nothing, nothing. Well, that's why they had to have 508 compliance uh, codes get passed, where you have to be a certain level of accessibility if you're government, um, you know, in order to be be allowed to operate. But but yeah, yeah who who needs to um, uh, kind of reach out to us is going to be CEOs, directors, and um, anyone in the product vertical of your company um, that would go from product owner on up to the top, anyone who is kind of thinking and losing sleep at night of, is our product going to be the right product in the in the marketplace? And what I help you achieve is product-led growth to where your product becomes good enough to where that guides the growth and the sales process that it's so good that people actually want it. They're not being forced to use it. Um, you can uh, smash your competition by uh, outthinking them with the design psychology. So yes, I, I think um, that's uh, that's definitely the way to go. It's the wave of the future, and it's um, it's what you want to do if you love your company and love your product. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I can tell you, um, you know, I've been uh, down the. If anyone has ever been down the the smart home home automation rabbit hole, I have over the past six weeks. <laughs> so it's given me the opportunity to download a lot of different manufacturers' apps. And wow, you know, it's like the ones that tend to get really great 
customer reviews are the ones that, where the app is very well designed. It's very easy. It's very modern. Um, you know, and, and what a big difference. I, I want to ask you this before we end is um, what major trends have you seen um, over the past a couple of years in terms of UX? Um, one of the major trends is some folks have had a misunderstanding of what UX is and they, they're kind of looking at the more art side of things and the graphic design and they they say like, okay, well, the the apps that I tend to like tend to be pretty good looking and they tend to, right, more often than not, they kind of tend to be good looking. The problem is, is when, um, if you don't hire kind of like a team holistically where all of the skill sets are Damn. taken care of, with my teams, when I enter a project, I always make sure that um, enough research where it's appropriate is involved in the effort. A core, what we call information architecture, that's the problem solving. That is, how are the screens going to flow? How, what is the screen anatomy? How are they constructed? What widgets exist on the screens? What happens when you press the widgets? What are their little different states? And then you polish it off by making it wonderful looking by having a dedicated graphic designer. What a lot of folks do is they don't kind of understand if they're on the business side, mostly what it really means to make your uh, application come together. And you want to have like a holistic design team yeah. that has a coverage of all of those skill sets. Yeah. Your website, threeleaf.consulting. So the number three, leaf.consulting. When someone goes there, what should they do? If they're like, oh, I want to learn more. Hey, to, uh, to, uh, uh, poke around and look at some of our past projects, but go and book a uh, consultation, book a discovery call with me, and, and we could uh, sit down for half an hour and talk about what it is you do, what we do, and see if there's any potential for chemistry there. You could also try to find me on LinkedIn. My name is Thomas Watkins, and um, and connect with me there. So threeleaf.consulting or find, with, find me on, on uh, LinkedIn. Awesome. Thomas Watkins, again, threeleaf.consulting. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Josh. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. If you're a listener, I'd love to shout out your business to our whole audience for free. You can do that by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or join our listener Facebook group. Just search for The Thoughtful Entrepreneur in Facebook. I'd love even if you just stopped by to say hi. I'd love to meet you. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. We love our community who listens and shares our program every day. Together, we are empowering one another as thoughtful entrepreneurs. Hit subscribe so that tomorrow morning, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you for around 15 minutes each day. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.